I think the biggest thing is I want people to advocate for themselves. So a lot of times you may feel like something's wrong or you're at your dentist or you're at your physician and you feel like, you know, whatever response you're getting from them, it's not the appropriate one. I feel like you should advocate for yourself, push forward. There's so many alternatives out there. There are so many things and so many people who will listen to your story, who will take in what it is that you're saying and will help to direct you onto the right path. So continue to advocate for yourself. Don't accept the first answer that you get if it doesn't feel well with your soul. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to provide insight and wisdom into all things mental health, to sit down with individuals and talk about their journey, how they've broken free from the chains that bind them, to find their flame, their passions, and purpose. Welcome back. Another episode of the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast is ready for y'all to consume. Our guest today is the one, the only, Carice Laguerre. Carice and I really got to sit down and talk about something that some of y'all might have heard about and others may never have heard of. It's called myofunctional therapy, and it deals with the functioning of muscles, specifically the muscles from your eyes down to your throat and specifically how this relates to sleep. Now, Carice has a background in working in the dental field and she utilizes this to work with clients and help them work towards achieving restful, relaxing, and restorative sleep. Um, A big believer of sleep quality over quantity and how what we do in the day can affect our nighttime routines, and specifically how strengthening muscles in the face, in the throat, in the surrounding areas uh, can really help with the overall sleep hygiene that we have in our day-to-day lives. Now, Carice shares a lot about what she's done, and more importantly, she speaks directly about how to help you find ways to improve your own sleep. She meets with clients in person and online and has two practices, uh, one in Florida and one in New Jersey. We talk a little bit about that. I share a little bit about my own sleep concerns uh, since childhood, and she gives some really good pointers on some small adjustments that you can make to have an overall impact in your life. So without further ado, here's Carice. Welcome back. We're so excited to have you all with us today. Today we have a great guest on and we're really excited to dive into who you are and what you do. But let me introduce you first. I'm getting ahead of myself. Today we have Carice Laguerre. Thank you so much for coming on. Really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, you're. we're going to talk about some things that I think personally I'm really excited to talk about just for my own health and my own wellness. And I always like to explore new ways 
to look at that. So I'm excited to talk about that. But besides that, in a professional context, being a therapist, a mental health therapist, I think what you and I are planning to talk about, I'm really leading on to this issue that we we haven't I haven't even said we're like a couple minutes in and they're just like get to the point Steve get to the point um of the you know just how integrative our physical health and wellness and uh sleep and things of that nature are to our mental health as well and so I'm really excited to pick your brain but also for anyone who's consuming the podcast to to be able to have that knowledge as well Absolutely. I am excited to dive into all those connections. Awesome. So the way I kick off uh, the podcast is um, I, as as I was telling you before, I really like superheroes. So I'm, I'm just wondering if you could give the audience um, your origin story of, of who you are and how you've come into what you do and the passion that you have for it and how that came about, you know, like, it's such a simple question that can be summed up in two seconds, right? But uh, just kind of lay the baseline for, for us. <laughs> no problem. So I'm a myofunctional therapist, and I know nobody's heard of that. Don't worry, we'll get into a little bit of that later. But I came into it through my original licensed profession. So I'm a registered dental hygienist by licensure and official you know, occupational trade. I was working with a pediatric dentist and as a mom of four, there was so much that I was going through in my household that I wasn't talking about because I feel like as parents, we all give highlight reels. Like, yeah. how's everything? And you talk, this one's in soccer, that one's in ballet, recital this, championship that. And we don't really talk about all the things that are really going on underneath the surface. And so in my house, I was not on, you know, I was still experiencing a lot of these very, very common things like my son, he had a lot of uh, emotional and behavioral impulse control issues. He was very much inattentive. And we played that whole game where the kindergarten teacher told me about his lack of focus. And I'm like, but he's five. Mm -hmm. And then the first grade teacher, but he's six. <laughs> and that went on until he was about 10. Um, and then he was officially diagnosed with ADHD but we'll put a pause on him for now. My daughter, my oldest daughter, so I have four kids, one boy and the rest are girls. So my oldest daughter had every sleep issue under the sun. I mean, you name it, we were going through it every night for 10 years straight. We were guaranteed bedwetting and then some assembly of other things. So whether it was sleepwalking, sleep talking, tossing and turning, falling out of the bed, night terrors, like all the violent, like blood curdling screams you could hear in the middle of the night. We were going through it with her. Nighttime right. was not peaceful. And then my youngest two daughters had a lot of issues early on with breastfeeding. It started and I noticed that it was different, my experience with them versus the other two. But then it carried through to upper respiratory issues. So they were chronically congested, always had a sore throat or ear infection, sore throat, ear infection. It wound up being this like repetitious visit to the pediatrician. And at some point, my husband just said, can you just write us a script for a keg of amoxicillin? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why we have to keep coming back. Just just give me the keg. Right. And right. Uh, all those things, very common. It's going on in everybody's household in some degree, whether you have one child or, you know, some people who have none might be having some of these things going on in their household. But it is something that the pediatric dentist actually wound up 
bringing to light to me that a lot of that was related to how they breathe and how they were using their oral facial muscles. And so once we got to the other side of things, I fell into the world of myofunctional therapy to really help them. That really sparked my passion because I got like four brand new children. I got to meet them for the first time on the other side of all these things. Once they no longer were, you know, blocked by all of their diagnoses it's a beautiful thing. So that's my origin story in a nutshell. <laughs> there we go. You did a really great job succinctly putting all that out there with a lot of moving pieces. So I, I appreciate that. And so, so if you made it this far, what we're talking about is myofunctional therapy and orofacial, uh, facial, um, like supports and, and, and things of that nature. And, and so, um, big words, a lot of words that people don't know. Myo just really meaning muscle, right? Muscle. Um, yep. So like, Myofunctional, obviously, the, the functioning of the muscle. Yes. And more specifically, for me, I deal with all the muscles below the eyes, but above the shoulders. So a lot of the oral facial and then some of the oral pharyngeal muscles I'm really dealing with, um, we're really helping to strengthen and coordinate all of those muscles and to eliminate any dysfunction in between there. So dysfunction might present as clenching or grinding, uh, temporal mandibular joint disorder, mouth breathing, tongue thrust, tongue tie. There's a lot of different things in there in this region. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think in what you were uh, kind of saying, uh, with your own experience, personal experiences that, you know, we see a lot of these, um, co-occurrences of, of, of the dysfunction of those muscles and how it affects sleep, but then how sleep then affects like mood, how it affects uh, mental clarity, uh, how it affects nervous system responses, how it affects yep. digestion and, and all of the above. So, um, you know, in our practice, what we do at the Promethean Pro the project here is what we really try to do is uh, what I call the six minds of mental health, which is just looking at uh, different minds in our body and how we make sense of the world and integrating, you know, treatment and supports and activities to help those like your digestive mind, your nervous system mind, you know, your fascial mind and, and things of the, these natures. And so when I came across, you know, what you do in some of the podcasts that you've done in the past, I was really, really excited to get you on so we could talk some more about it. And being someone who chronically as a kid slept walked, who talked in their sleep and, and things of that nature, and who currently is uh, trying to figure out some sleep stuff because of uh, mild sleep apnea that I have, I'm really excited to you know, talk about the work that you do, not for my personal gain, but, uh, well, maybe a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, because I think it, I see it in a lot of the clients that I serve too. I was just talking to someone, uh, not an actual client, but someone I was talking to about mental health and they're like, oh, you, you know, I only get like four hours of sleep. I'm like, oh, okay, that's something we should in not restful sleep. You could tell, you know, cause I know sleep ranges, change for each person. So, and, and you talk a little bit about it in some of your books too, is that like optimal sleep hours are not necessarily what to aim for, but the quality of that, that sleep time is also really important. Absolutely. And that's something that I was really happy earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal actually published an article that really doubled down on this thing that I've been talking about for so long. But you're right, it is very pervasive, these sleep issues. Uh, actually, in 2015, the CDC, before we had the whole COVID pandemic, we had a national epidemic of sleep dis uh, sleep 
this inefficient sleep. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like sleep deficiency. No, that's not what they call it. It's inefficient sleep. Yes. But so what they're having is now a movement towards more understanding and awareness of sleep and how sleep is critical to all of our body functions and our systems. So what's more important than how many hours you sleep? Cause you could be in bed for eight hours a night and really get maybe two hours of that be really productive, restorative sleep. So then you wake up, you feel groggy, you feel terrible because your body get to do all of those restorative processes. We have a whole wonderful uh, immune process that is going to cell rejuvenation. We're going to actually be able to drain the brain from all of its, you know, toxins. Cause we always talk about detoxing the body in different ways and liver yeah. detox and kidney detox. The brain actually detoxes every single night when you're in sleep, but only when you're in like REM restorative sleep, um, our memories are input. We get a lot of our cognitive benefits actually during sleep. The brain is most active when we are sleeping, when the rest of the body is supposed to be. Active. But what we have to remember is that sleep is mostly regulated by the fact that our body is keeping us alive throughout the duration of it. And if we're not breathing officially, efficiently, then our body is actually going to stop all of those other processes because that's no longer important. Breathing has to occur because we can go days without food. We can go a few days without water, but we can't go any more than a few minutes without air. We all need the air. So if we are hypoxic or getting inefficient oxygenation, so we're breathing through the mouth, or if you're experiencing snoring, because snoring, if we think about it, is just the sound of air meeting resistance as it's going through the upper respiratory tract. So you know you're not efficiently getting enough sleep um, on oxygen if you are snoring. That's going to now be the new priority for the body. Well, now we got to keep this person awake. So that's when we get those apneas. So you talked about your mild obstructive sleep apnea, where our body for 10 seconds or more, it has to be 10 seconds or more that you're not breathing. So you stop breathing and your body wakes you up. Your body's like, hey, stay alive here. That's our one objective. We have one thing to do. Let us do our job. Right. And then you cycle through that all night and you never get into that efficient sleep. And so it doesn't matter. You can be in bed for 12 hours, but if most of your night is in that off on, off on, and you're just getting through stage one or two, those light stages of sleep, maybe trickling into three, you're not going to get efficient sleep. And so it's really important that we start looking at the quality of our sleep and how you feel the next morning is the best determinant of that. Yeah. Um, I always feel terrible. <laughs> so, so. But I dream yeah. like I dream like crazy, right? Like I hit that REM sleep. Part of my sleep apnea thing is because of uh, the soft tissue of my tongue just covers my throat when I'm sleeping on my back. And so mm. when I hit REM, because the body kind of like paralyzes, that's when I, I tend to kind of come out of it uh, in a gasping way. I also have, I have like arthritis in my neck from when I was younger. So I toss and turn. So if I can't sleep on my back, it's on my side, which is just terrible for my joints on my neck. So um, you know, I think again, uh, I'm super excited to hear uh, about what you do and reading the PDF that you sent me was really cool because it, you know, I do a lot of like polyvagal stuff in, in mental health counseling. I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of, uh, uh, mindfulness training with my clients, uh, just started doing cold bath plunges this year, uh, which have that. been really fun. Um, so it was kind of like this really cool, uh, full circle moment for me of, of looking at 
well, I know the polyvagal theory and the cranial nerves based on that, but then also how you've referenced that not only do you do some of the, you know, the muscles from here to here, but you also, people who aren't seeing the video <laughs> from, you know, like you said, right under their eyes, the to, eyes to the shoulders, to the shoulders. Um, but also how you, you've talked about resetting some of the cranial nerves to, to support sleep functionality. And then, you know, um, the care system that you have in place of, of how you look at doing the work. Yes. You know, a lot of those cranial nerves or more cranial nerves than you would originally think are mm -hmm. actually in this wonderful region here. So whether it's 12, which is all tongue motor function or nine, where we get into like that interplay between the tongue and the soft palate and the pharynx and the pharyngeal area or seven and five or all facial muscles and so forth. It's a essential part of being able to effectively make progress with these fine motor changes, because what we want is to habituate new muscle functions and patterns. And you can't do that if that cranial nerve that's coming along and it's giving that motor or even the sensory input and it's not well connected. And then just to reference our tongue really quick, because uh, I know you said your tongue falls back when our tongue is actually, so our tongue supposed to be up against the roof of the mouth mm -hmm. from the front, just beyond your lower front, just behind your central teeth, all the way back to the soft palate. When the tongue is suctioned up there, uh, it's actually going to be stimulating your vagus nerve. So that's a wonderful, wonderful way for you to automatically have really great access to your autonomic nervous system. In addition to the fact that that tongue is getting up and out of that airway. Right. You don't want it back there. You don't no. want it. <laughs> I know all too well. I don't want, <laughs> want it back there, but it, it, it's actually, I was going to bring this up and I love that, that you write and you talk about this because my brother for, for many years, he's been on the podcast. He's also one of the co-founders of our nonprofit that we do. Um, he lived in Taiwan for many years doing martial arts. So learning Tai Chi and Bagua and Sing Yi and Shigang in all of these internal martial arts and uh, through his, his work and influence with teaching me this when I was younger and teaching me meditation when I was younger. And even in some of the, the further trainings I've done for mental health with like acupressure points and Qigong for like health and wellness, one of the central things they talk about is that connection to that tongue to the roof of your mouth, because that connects the anterior and the posterior together in, in terms of energy gates, right? And so nervous system reactions. And so that's such a pivotal part of meditation and breath work and, and things of that nature that is talked about some somewhat, but not as much as I feel like it, sh it should really be talked about. Absolutely, definitely. So there's that connection with all of our energy. And there's just the overall gross motor connection too. a lot of people who have issues in the hips or sometimes with their feet, they'll find that they will get improvement for their overall being able to move dynamically with that tongue up because it's connecting all of the arches of the body. So we've got that palate, which is the roof of your mouth. So we got that palatal arch. And then we have our diaphragm, the start of that pelvic floor. That's our middle core arch. And then we've got the arches on the feet. So being able to connect all of those because the tongue through deep line fascia connects actually from that tongue body all the way down to the toes. So tongue to palate is connecting your whole body. It's there's so many benefits. 
so many benefits. I love that the fascial plane talk because I think it's so important and I think people forget about it so much. They they isolate where they're, they're uh, they assume there's an issue. Say, well, it's this thing. But if you talk to anyone who does energy work or fascial manipulation or massage therapy, it's like, well, there's also other points that we can work with to directly affect that. And so I, I, I love that connection that you just brought up. Isn't it great how the whole body connects and, and a lot of times we tend to piece it apart. And I think that's a bit of the system where, you know, mm-hmm. for some reason, medical insurance doesn't cover your eyes or it doesn't cover your mouth. It's like we piecemeal things, but all of these things are really all well interconnected and super important. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, over the last year and a half, I got certified to do EMDR therapy which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing for trauma and anxieties and phobias and things of this nature. And the idea of the, the, you know, the cranial nerves that move your eyes and how it connects to the or, orienting process of, of assessment of safety and how that works with like the therapy that you do is so amazing to me. So again, one of the reasons I jumped on, yeah, let's get you on. Cause, cause I really like talking about all this. And I think you know, the, the facial muscles are often neglected when people talk about it because they're not the showboaty kind of beach body muscles that people work on, but really important for whole body wellness and health. Incredibly important, which is why it's very sad that people aren't thinking about them because you do go to the gym, right? And you work out and you'll try to get six pack abs, but nobody's going for like the six pack like tongue or throat. And these are the things that are actually going to sustain you for a lot longer because you'll be able to be more efficient when you're in the gym, when you're breathing better, when you're sleeping better and so forth. Um, When we think about all the muscles, I do compare a lot of times my myofunctional therapy to personal training. It's just in this region, we're working with the muscles, but all muscles and throughout the body work the same, relax, contract. You want to make good change. You're going to have to put forth effort. So myofunctional therapy is a process and it is definitely one that requires a significant amount of commitment and effort. Uh, But when we think about what's going on, And let's talk about that tongue falling back or the um, airway closing when we're sleeping. When you lie down to go to sleep, we already have one process of physics and science and just the world going against us. That's going to be gravity. Okay. So gravity is going to come down and it's going to be now applying a pressure to you. So we have to combat that in a way that we can. When we think about just overall body, let's go back to six pack abs that I referenced before. You take somebody who has six-pack abs, you lie them down, gravity really doesn't impact their six-pack abs. Their abs are still there, probably glistening maybe, who knows, but they're very prominent. You take somebody who has more of a beer belly and you lie them down, now you take gravity and everything sort of shifts. It doesn't look the same in any way, shape, or form. And it's just not that well-developed, the muscle sets that are there. So let's apply that now to our throat and our tongue. So let's say your tongue doesn't sit up at rest against the palate and it's just not there. That posterior chain or the back portion of the tongue is not well strengthened to sit up there and your pharyngeal muscles aren't really engaged. And so your upper airway is just a little loose. Now you lie back, gravity is gonna put a force that's gonna push that tongue that's probably already down during the day further back. And it's gonna take those muscles that are already not well toned in the uh, pharyngeal area and it's going to compress them. Now let's take the fact that, you know, 
we have myofunctional therapy in the play and we have strengthened muscles. How are those muscles going to sit up against the palate and to con to contain and keep and maintain in the first stages of sleep where everything starts to relax, you're going to have more of that six pack ab shape where these strengthening muscles are able to independently maintain an open airway and your tongue is able to sit and maintain its position where it should be up against the palate and out of the airway. And then you're able to facilitate better oxygenation because you're able to have and maintain independently that six pack airway. And so obviously that's super important to know, right? Like the trained muscles, if they, if they're used a lot, obviously it's easier to kind of move into that and uh, lax muscles, uh, you know, muscles that aren't really used a lot or trained to do what you're saying will definitely impact your ability to do that. Um, so then I guess the follow-up question is always, how do you do that? How do you take muscles that maybe are more lax and train them in a way that, that you can, can get that reaction and, and get the, the tongue to be where it needs to be? Obviously, I don't want you to like sell all the secrets because, you know, you have your own practice and things of that nature. But, you know, I think there's a million and one devices out there that people see. It was like, well, you got sleep apnea. Don't get a machine. Do this. And, you know, I've tried the machines. They don't work for me. What usually happens is my jaw falls open when I'm sleeping and it just comes out of my, <laughs> my mouth. And they, you know, you have a lot of like sleep tape that's coming up. Uh, that people put on their their mouth so it forces them to breathe through their nose but that also doesn't train the tongue to be where it needs to be either it's just kind of a forced response uh, there's a bunch of devices where it pulls your tongue forward that i've seen and oh, man. out and and you know um i have a mouth guard because i grind my teeth and and so like that took me a really long time to get used to sleeping with it it's been super helpful for for that aspect but i think that's the bigger question. So many people are looking for an answer to it. Um, but in you've referenced, like, obviously this is a consistency, a discipline that you have to practice to get to where you want to be. So how do we do that and not fall scam of, of, Oh, get this tongue grabber or get, or, you know, and like get these other things. Obviously there are some needs that uh, the sleep, sleep apnea machines meet and people okay. need, need those things, not discounting mm -hmm. that, but you know, some of these business oriented devices that you see on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, or I don't know, even on TV, if you watch TV anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Those devices are everywhere and they do serve a purpose. And for some, some people may find relief. What I want them to remember though, is that it's always like putting a bandaid on an issue. So now if this thing is working for you, this tongue sucker that's going to, you know, anteriorly place or more forward displace your tongue. If that's working for you now, that's a tool that you're dependent on. You're married to it for the rest of your life. Wherein myofunctional therapy is more of a root cause solution where we're exercising. So it really goes in phases when you asked how it works. So it's almost like Legos where it builds on itself. So first we start by isolating and strengthening muscles that may be asymmetric, underdeveloped, overdeveloped. And so we're going to strengthen and get a real great foundation of the muscles themselves. Then we start to coordinate. How are these muscles supposed to work together when it's keeping the tongue against the palate, when we're suctioning or maintaining our saliva? How are we supposed to maintain this position while we're doing 
daily tasks like swallowing or chewing and so forth. So we start to integrate and coordinate, then we habituate. So now we're putting it into your daily life. That way it's something that you can sustain independently of your myofunctional therapist. I don't want you to be dependent on me and say, oh man, now I need myo for the rest of my life. Like I need that, you know, tongue sucker for the rest of my life. So we're going to start to have the things integrate into your daily life so that you can wean down from what was more active as exercises and then became activities to now just being a part of your new neurological uh, muscular repositioning. So what we uh, really would encourage with myofunctional therapy is the strengthening and the autonomy of the muscles themselves. That way you can kind of wean yourself off of some of the other things. So not to say that you wouldn't necessarily still need a CPAP or maybe a mouth guard or so Mm -hmm. forth, but you're able to now sustain those things in a much better way to where it's not a discomfort that you're sleeping with it. And it's not throwing things off, like displacing your your mouth to now that your jaw is hanging open and so forth. We're able to really facilitate a better harmonious union between your body, your musculature, and then something that you would have to put in artificially. Awesome. I like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a root cause with the ability to use those other things if you need to use those other things. So it's not this or that. It's just strengthening your, your core uh, ability to keep the airway open. Exactly. Awesome. Very cool. And I know that, so like, uh, I keep referencing, you know, accomplished the PDF that you sent me in an email before the the podcast. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it read really fun, you know, references to like my childhood GI Joe quotes, you know, talking about Kevin Hart and Oprah talking about wrestling and Vince McMahon. Um, You know, I'm not a huge Vince McMahon fan per se, but I loved wrestling growing up. Uh, so like it put me in that nostalgic kind of spot of understanding what you were talking about and really connecting to the to the idea and didn't read like a textbook, which I think is always fun, you know. Absolutely. And that was the goal. So when I was writing the book, Accomplished, How to Sleep Better, Eliminate Burnout and Execute Goals, that was part of my overall intention is to make it so that it's easy to digest and you still understand why you need to focus on your breathing and how you are using these oral facial and oral pharyngeal muscles overall. And so, yeah, I love a good wrestling reference. I am, I was big into wrestling when I was younger too. Very big Stone Cold fan. Still am (laughs) Stone Cold fan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was important. I think I I was definitely in that era, but like I was introduced way, probably a little too young, but I was, I was really into like Bret the Hitman Heart and. uh, Oh man. Yeah. That, that kind of era. But then I I was there in the Stone Cold and DX kind of phase too, which is its own thing, but enjoyable TV at times. Great times. Yeah. I don't, I think I was probably too young to be watching Stone Cold, but I loved it. (laughs) My favorite. Like people fan of wrestling get into it a little too young to really understand, but that's part of the mythos, right? You see these larger than life people and the storylines that they tell and you're like, what is happening? Oh no, he turned heel. Like uh, I can't like him anymore because he's a bad guy. Um, You know, and I think it's I think it's a very interesting concept. I, I'm really excited to see Iron Claw, the movie. Um, oh yeah, that, that should looks be really, really, really interesting and, and fun to watch. So, um, 
Great. So, you know, so you have a number of books out there and I know you reference sometimes too, like, uh, um, I didn't write it down. So I apologize for not knowing the name of it, but you reference a book that the only book out there on like self-guided use of, of some of these exercises that you wrote as well. What's, what is the name of that book? Called Your Breathing Wrong. It is a wonderful guided journey to breathing correctly. <laughs> It's a very simple idea and very well articulated. I love it. I, I love like wordplay. So um, that's fantastic to hear. I like that. Yeah. So that's out there, you know, if people are like considering looking into to this and, you know, um, how do you find someone who does what you do? I mean, obviously not anyone can do what you do, right? Because you're right, right. kind of skill set and, you know, you it seems like you bring this this great personality to the work that you do. So not everyone you run into is going to be like you, but um, how would someone go about finding like a, a myofunctional therapist? You know, I think anytime we're all introduced to something new, the very first thing we do is we use that company as a verb. We mm -hmm. Google it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the best way. Google myofunctional therapist near me, and that's going to pop up for you, you know, somebody in your region. Now, the problem is that they may not be as close as you would like them to be. It's right. not like how there's a drugstore on every corner, you know, finding a good myofunctional therapist, there might be one or two in each state if you're lucky. Right. And so it's really about finding who works with you and who you really gel well with. Cause a lot of us are doing telehealth too, to kind of cover the gap. Right. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, actually in preparation for this, I did look to see who was around me here in Massachusetts and they're all like an hour and a half away. So we'll I'll have to do that. But so your practice is in Florida and New Jersey, I heard, right? Yes. So I do have two physical offices in both West Palm Beach area of Florida and in the Middlesex County region of New Jersey. Um, I go back and forth. So I'm in each state, you know, for part of the month, every month, but I also see people worldwide. So I do a lot of telehealth and I am, I'm available to see people just about anywhere. And I'm very passionate about myofunctional therapy. So I'll yeah. talk to anyone about it at any point in time, right on my website. You can even schedule a consult and, you know, for no charge, happy awesome. to chat. Cool. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's funny when you do work like this, people pick up on it without you even saying it. And so sometimes people just, randomly will talk to you about something you're like how did I was I, my daughter fences and I was in her fencing class the other day and someone was talking to me about their kid and finding a therapist for their kid and I'm just like oh, this is it's kind of funny um but yeah I mean I think I think that's great uh that it's out there I I was uh, I lived in New Jersey for a, a couple years down there I lived in Elizabeth and um awesome. I worked out at Bridgewater I was doing crate and barrel right after uh, college and so when I saw that I was like oh okay I know the area pretty well so that's great yeah I got nervous driving on 22 though I'll tell you that 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 was a pretty scary highway to drive on there are very few highways in New Jersey that make you feel comfortable yeah. but 22 and 287 those are the big ones like yeah. that was the one I had to go every day on so, so I got used to it after a while and, and randomly there would just be deer and I was like what what is happening on this highway um, so that's great. 
so we always finish the podcast with with two major questions and um so they would be and you can answer in any order that you would want to um what would what superpower would you want if you you could have any superpower assuming they were real and they were accessible and then the second question would be what is your true life superpower i if i could have any superpower i would probably want uh to teleport i think that would be probably the most efficient way for me to travel so yeah. i'd save myself all those airports and all that hassle um i think my real life superpower might just be my ability to connect with others and maybe that goes through a little bit of empathy and or just the fact that I do some energy work but I think my ability to connect is my real life superpower that's awesome teleporting I think as I get older and and you know hopefully live more for like protecting our environment and things of that nature is like oh that would cut down on so much emission and so much of like the the greenhouse concerns so I think uh I, I like that more and more as, as people come up with it. And it's like, yeah, that would be really awesome <laughs> to be able to do. Um, Somebody needs to work on it. Yeah. Maybe that would be my next, my next job is developing some kind of teleportation system. I don't know. I love that. Although I watched the fly at a very young age too. And so now I'm super afraid of like anything that would actually teleport us. It would have to be like an in-body experience. I feel like to actually right. feel safe about it but who knows? Um, so really before we end, like one last thing I always have people kind of do. Um, if the people who are consuming the podcast were to leave with like one message or like a short pitch of everything that we talked about or all the work that you do, what would you want them to leave with? I think the biggest thing is I want people to advocate for themselves. So a lot of times you may feel like something's wrong or you're at your dentist or you're at your physician and you feel like, you know, whatever response you're getting from them, it's not the appropriate one. I feel like you should advocate for yourself, push forward. There's so many alternatives out there. There are so many things and so many people who will listen to your story, who will take in what it is that you're saying and will help to direct you onto the right path. So continue to advocate for yourself. Don't accept the first answer that you get if it doesn't feel well with your soul. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, it. you know, I think it's really important too to also be able to realize that you're in control of, who you see in, in, in the health journey that you're in. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, um, but it's super important to realize the control that you have, especially with just building rapport with your, your providers that you work with. Um, because Absolutely. I think that's pivotal for doing any kind of work is feeling like you can trust that person and, and they have your back. Yes, significantly agree. I had one guy tell me and not, not to throw shade at this or, or the operation. Cause I know sometimes that it's important, but he wanted to directly Im implant in my chest. Uh, I can't remember what the, the surgery is, but it, you hit a button and it sends an electrical impulse up to your throat so that it adjusts that way. And it was like, I was like, uh, I haven't even tried a CPAP yet. So let's not just jump right into that one yet. Um, uh, but it was interesting just to see everything kind of kind of thrown thrown at you. And I think there's value, like we said, to some of these things, but I think there's also some control in, in doing the myofunctional work that we've talked about. 
Absolutely. It's a great non-surgical option to get to the root cause. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. Uh, very, very honored and blessed to to kind of sit with you today and, and have this conversation. I appreciate everything you're doing and, and how you show up in the world. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. I had a wonderful time. 